Hi, and welcome to Under an Open Heaven podcast. We are glad you are joining us as we explore the reality of God's love expressed in Scripture and our own personal experiences. Thanks for joining us today as we explore the reality that we live under an open heaven. Enjoy! Hello and welcome back to the podcast. This is Colton and I'm joined here by... Arthur Richardson. And we're going to be talking about Psalm 29 today. It has a pretty long title. Uh, in this Bible it says, The Lord of Majesty as Acclaimed as King of the World. And it, uh, it's a little bit longer of a psalm, but uh, we'll just go through it like we usually do, part by part. All right, without further ado. Give to the Lord, you sons of God. Give to the Lord glory and might. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bow down before the Lord's holy splendor. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is power. The voice of the Lord is splendor. The voice of the Lord cracks the cedars. The Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon, makes Lebanon leap like a calf, in Syrian like a young bull. The voice of the Lord strikes with fiery flame. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the deserts of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer dance and strips the forest bare. All in his temple say, Glory. The Lord sits enthroned above the flood. The Lord reigns as king forever. May the Lord give might to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. I like this song. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a strong it's a song. One. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I mm-hmm. I, I want to focus on, on section two and three. Are you, are you okay with that? Yeah. Let's go. All right. Cool. Dude. Like verse three, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. That just reminds me of creation, right? Yeah. Genesis, yeah. the spirit of the Lord hovering above yeah, the waters. Yeah. yeah. Hovering over the waters, like just blessing creation with what is about to happen Mm -hmm. right so it's like the start of what is about to happen there's there's also just like this really interesting relationship that uh god has with humanity through water Mm -hmm. um you know i mean like the way we understand water is grace you know even like it's a a symbol of the holy spirit like Mm -hmm. because he's resting and cleansing too Mm -hmm. like if you think about the flood or baptism yeah yeah and uh the rushing river flowing out of the temple as the Holy Spirit flowing mm-hmm. out from the pierced side of Jesus. You know, like these are like all these crazy, wonderful images of, of God just flooding us and taking care of things. Um, or even the flood, like going back to Noah, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I guess that would be cleansing, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's just interesting things going on. Yeah. I, I, I like this. The thing I like about this is um, it paints God in a picture uh, in, in in kind of a different way. I mean, like the Psalms, they approach God from different angles. His mercy, and you know, you got Psalm fifty two, mm-hmm. uh, his uh, justice, and other Psalms, and in this Psalm, his glory, his majesty, his power uh, is really manifest. And I think that um, we often don't take that into consideration because maybe we we see God as, of course, he is a personal person, but he's also the creator of the universe, the creator who. Mm-hmm made like the mountains, all of the biggest things, the most beautiful and majestic things that we can think of. He's the person who made it. Right. In that it says in here, like his voice shakes the things that he creates. It like splinters cedars. cedars, Yeah. Yeah, Which by the way, cedars can get really big. Yeah. uh, Like massive. And I know in Lebanon, uh, like it references throughout scripture, um, 
especially in the Old Testament, like just the mass of cedars in Lebanon. And that, I think that's actually um, on their national flag is like a cedar tree. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty big in their, their culture. And plus, yeah, cedar trees do grow to be uh, exceptionally large. Um, and when they're cut, they make just fantastic smells. Oh, my gosh. I love the smell of cedar. It does smell really great. Uh, and it's and it's actually um, resistant to rot too, which is why they I think oh. they they lined the ark with cedar. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so and it the would Lord, last. You know, the Lord splinters the cedar, so he's he's greater than rot. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, greater than the I thing might, that's impervious. That <laughs> yeah. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> it's a low bar there, bud. <laughs> it's, a, it's a low bar. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I just love the imagery that they they that they gave um, makes Lebanon leap like a calf mm. in Sirion, which is actually Mount Tabor. I think actually, let me check the notes. Uh, Mount Hermon actually. Hmm. Uh, so makes the mountains leap, which is obviously no small feat. I don't know. I just, I did love the imagery that's kind of uh, laid out for us yeah. in this Psalm. And it helps you kind of reflect back on the glory of God. But also um, like this just kind of popped in my head. I, uh, Makes the mountains leap. What did, what does Jesus say? That like faith like a mustard seed can move mountains. Yeah. Can move mountains, right? So like the voice of the Lord. So this is this is where I get kind of amazed and kind of um just shaken to the bone of what we are given with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? It becomes no longer my voice, but the, but God's voice that comes forth and changes reality. And this is given to us by promises of and by virtue of baptism, by virtue of relationship, mm-hmm. by virtue of adoption, right? This is this is just wild. Yeah, and I, and it's really interesting to think because uh, the Hebrew word for spirit is ruach, which means breath. Mm-hmm. And I don't know uh, what the if that's the word here uh, used here. The voice of the Lord is power. Uh, if they were using ruach or a different word for that, because I know that the Old Testament was. Originally written in Hebrew or um, there's some bits of it that are Greek. Yeah. From the Septuagint. So mm-hmm. whenever they gathered like a bunch of elders and translated from Hebrew into Greek. So uh, obviously they had to pick and choose the words that they were writing down. So I don't know if that was something that was uh, changed in translation from, you know, Hebrew to Greek to English. Yeah. Um, but to think about like now that we have the Holy spirit, the, mm-hmm. the Ruach of God within us, whenever we speak, in faith, it's God's voice, you know? Uh, so, yeah, true. Like, mountains can be moved with a voice that speaks in faith. Because mm-hmm. it's God moving the mountain. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's it's just a beautiful, mind-blowing concept. Yeah, like, just going through each of these different things, like, the voice of the Lord shakes the desert. Honestly, if you think about it, like, the voice of the Lord shakes the desert. Even nothing Right. Des- desolate areas mm-hmm. are shaking at the sound of his voice. I don't know about you, but uh, sometimes I think that there, I mean, I've, when I was growing up, there were a lot of people who were scared of bringing up the glory of the Lord and fear of the Lord mm-hmm. because those two things kind of come together, right? Because the glory, glory, the glory of the Lord is really shown manifest when his power is revealed and his power is revealed with like great acts of destruction, right? Or creation. Or creation. Or creation. Uh, But I think most people are are more scared of the destruction aspect of it. For sure. Um, There's destruction that is 
put on God that doesn't belong to him. And then there's destruction that he brings about. And that destruction typically de- deals with sin, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and violence towards his, his beloved ones. Um, you know, just destroying, destroying basically the stronghold of evil that it has in the world. And I, I've encountered enough people where they're scared of this destructive force of God that I feel like they kind of like almost downplay this. And it hasn't been until like recent years that I I've encountered like the glory of God and being like, Oh, this is a lot, (laughs) you know, enjoying that, that sensation of like, I'm shaking, I'm shaking to the bone about the beauty and the amazing and the creative and destructive power of God. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have to, this is, this is where I get kind of like blown away is I don't need to worry about, I don't need to worry about anything because God is the one who is just ripping apart my enemies, my enemies being evil, right? Not people, evil. It it is God who is fighting my battles. And like, it is God who fights cancer. It is God who fights, um, sickness and, and, uh, hatred. It, It like, this is, this is the part where I, um, I want to really highlight because there's, there's been in the news a lot of hatred, right? Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of, um, stuff that has been kind of highlighted recently. And it's God's glory that is ultimately going to win. Um, regardless of where we're at as a people, where we're at as, um, a, a nation, the only solution, the only way that we're going to get through, uh, racism, retaliation, any kind of violence, any kind of evil, any mm-hmm. kind of hatred is if, we turn to the glory of the Lord and speak his, the, his glory, right? Um, and this is the exciting thing is that God doesn't want to do this on his own. He wants to do this with us now that, now that he has given us the spirit, his spirit, his breath is in our lungs. His breath wants to change the, the world that we live in, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts on that one? Uh, what you were talking about in terms of, uh, the destructive power of God stood out to me because that is a part of, God's revelation to mankind, you would think like, oh, that doesn't sound like a good thing. Well, Mm. God sort of created everything. So it's sort of his. So, I mean, to destroy it would not necessarily be out of his uh, authority. Yes. So uh, like, of course, you have the flood and stuff like that. And uh, end times, we can imagine that there would also be quite a lot of uh, destruction as well coming with that. But one thing uh, at the end in part three of the psalm it says the lord sits enthroned above the flood mm-hmm. so his his place isn't in the destruction he is not what they would have known as like a god of destruction god always revealed himself to the israelites as the god of mercy yeah and for uh pagan cultures at that time that was sort of like your god's a wuss like why would you want a god of mercy yeah. i mean i would rather have a god of thunder and lightning or a god of uh fire and destruction than a God of mercy. And so that, so knowing how God revealed himself in light of his destructive power, it kind of makes you think like, how, how does a merciful God fit into a world that has a lot of destruction in it? Like we have hurricanes, tsunamis, tornadoes, all these uh, natural disasters, not explicitly, yeah. yeah, not explicitly caused by man. And it seems like the only person to blame would be God. Which is kind of a difficult topic, and I think it's a good topic for another podcast, trying to understand, uh, even though I don't think we'll come to a, a definitive solution, trying to understand why uh, sort of yeah. things like that happen. Yeah, and I think the easy the easy solution would be to blame the evil one. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus came to 
take the dominion away from the evil one. Mm-hmm. And who is he but a liar and a cheater? Mm-hmm. You know? So, I mean, he's, he's a destroyer. So what is he going to do? I mean, th- this is a simple, like, it, not all of this is going to be solved in this comment because mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty simple. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of us Christians who are struggling with that, like, why does bad things happen? is that there's still aspects of the world that have yet to be turned over to the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. We still, as Christians, have work to do in conquering uh, for the kingdom of heaven, for peace. I think the point of this psalm uh, isn't necessarily to highlight the destructive power of God, but to actually encourage the Israelites that this God who is powerful, who is capable of Mm -hmm. things like flooding the world or... uh, shattering cedars with the sound of his voice and uh, making mountains leap. This is the God who's behind you. Right. Who's like leading you. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of a call to have confidence in God in a profound way. I think that that is useful, especially if maybe you're uh, dealing with doubts or confusion and things like that, to remember that this is the same God that you're dealing with who also created the world. Right. Who can do uh, things beyond our understanding and our imagination. Yeah. And this, this is the God who is for us. Yeah. I, I think yeah. also, and it's something that you said, I don't remember what exactly just kind of sparked this idea to just like bringing it back to, to dealing with, with personal sin or, or so, uh, social sin, uh, such as like racism or pornography or like whatever, mm-hmm. um, whatever like structural evil is um, alive in our culture. I. Uh, it's God's voice that will wreck that. Mm-hmm. And like those of us who still struggle with something like that, um, which if like your conscience has been pricked in recent events, like don't, don't feel bad about that. Like, like it's okay to let the Lord's voice wreck you in a good way. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes we build up walls that like can appear to be mountains or like we put up defenses that are built out of like quote unquote cedar. Right. Yeah. And it's his voice that wrecks them. It's his voice that disarms us because he is a God of love and a God of creation. He is, a, he is the God who created our hearts and knows what they're capable of. And he knows that these social sins, these personal sins that have a grip on our hearts, those are holding us back from what we're truly capable of. And he wants to wreck that. Even if those, like, those sins might give us a bit of comfort or a bit of ease or whatever, the Lord knows we're, we're made for more than that. And he wants to take us from dealing with that into the next phase in our lives, which is um, living in freedom, living in charity, living in uh, essentially just goodness and peace and joy and doing wonders in his name and through his name, you know, like like true good wonders, not evil abominations and blaming God for it, but mm-hmm. like speaking healing to somebody who has wounds of some kind. One of my favorite things that the Lord has ever done through me, through my voice was at, at some retreat I was helping it with, this this girl came to me and said, uh, can you pray with me? I have these scars on my wrists. And my brain was like, what? I, I can't do anything about that. <laughs> um, but it was the voice of the Lord who shattered, who shook those scars. And I watched, and at the name of Jesus, I watched those scars disappear. It was the most amazing thing I had ever seen. Like, this is the glory of the Lord, you know? Like, it was just, oh, it was amazing, you know? I've heard a couple stories too about like people's self-harm scars disappearing. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times uh, people will have self-harm scars on their legs because they're easier to hide. Yeah. Uh, and those also disappeared for people, which is, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That things like that disappear. Yeah. yeah. It's just beautiful to see the Lord work and shatter like these, 
these defense mechanisms that we hold up. Um, it's beautiful to see God shatter these walls that we like try to use to defend ourselves and shatter them so that we might live in freedom. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just love that, you know, it like, it might seem a little dangerous, but the, the reward is true freedom, you know? Yeah. I, I, I just want to highlight that real quick because I think there, there's, there's, a, there's this temptation that we might have to, to fear, like the wrong kind of fear of the Lord, right? Like to, to fear God's glory, to fear not in a, a good and holy way, like a, a fear that, for example, I guess like the best way to describe the correct fear is like my wife and I, I, I don't go a week without showering because I'd be gross and I'd be smelly, right? She would not be pleased by that in any way, shape or form. I love her and I fear what her response would be if I were to like not shower for a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, we'd be all very um, upset at me. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm getting at is like, I, I love my wife mm -hmm. and I don't want to upset her. I love my God and I don't want to upset him. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the type of fear that we're trying to get at here. Not, not the fear of like, ah, I fear you're going to beat me. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Zap me with a thunderbolt or something. That's Zeus, not our God. Yeah. And you would think that, like, uh, was it Paul? It said, perfect love casts out all fear. Mm -hmm. So uh, when, when you use the phrase fear of the Lord, it's not like, ah, scary kind of fear. Yeah. It's that fear that you were just talking about. It's, um, it's consideration of another out of love. Yep. And I really think that that's, that's, Part of recognizing the glory of God is mm -hmm. recognizing his majesty in awe and out of love. Yeah. Like you and I have both seen a lot of amazing things happen. A lot of times restorative miracles with like people's, I saw like a dude's uh, leg grow. Oh, that's so awesome. That was weird and crazy and kind of really cool. Um, and all of those things, they just gotta, like, I, I just remember one of these healing nights with encounter ministries, like someone got healed and I'm like, yep. That's that happens. Like I'm like in in now, like looking back at it, I'm like, that was literally insane. Why did I think that that was like anything close to normal? Because right. like that's not an everyday thing. It should be, but it wasn't an everyday thing. But looking back on it, I'm like, God did amazing things. Yeah. And I and of course the Israelites in their history saw some amazing things from God too. And uh there's actually like an order in this psalm. Uh, it says all in his temple say glory. So it's an order and also recognize that's what people did. They, yeah. they shouted glory. And if you're in any charismatic circles, that's something that's, I don't know if it's becoming more popular, or if it's just been a thing that people have done. Uh, but like a lot of times just in the middle of worship, people just shout like glory. Yeah. Like stuff like that. And it's a little bit weird. Cause it's just like, that's all right. Yeah, you yeah. just do your thing. God's you great. Shout, you just shout that word. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In, I mean, sometimes you got to look a little odd for God. Um, yeah. That's that's nothing to be like ashamed of. Honestly, if you're going to say, if you're going to be crazy or weird for any given person, it should be God. Yeah. So um, acclaiming God's glory can look like that. Something yeah. really, really simple. And, and honestly, the awkward part comes from the outside perspective looking in and not understanding Mm -hmm. who this person is that we're shouting yeah. Thanksgiving oh, to, man. you know? So yeah. there's a certain aspect of like, you know what? Like God's not necessarily calling me to look like a fool. Mm -hmm. It just kind of happens to people who don't live in, in the freedom. Mm -hmm. You know, when we've been liberated by God and are going through that process, it's just the, it's the natural response, right? Just to, to like 
give him glory, to just shout his name, to just enjoy being in his presence to somebody who um, maybe not understand that. Mm-hmm. It's weird, right? I mean, like, think about it. Like, your middle school days. I don't know about you, but, like, uh, relationships were super awkward. You, didn't want, you, didn't, you didn't want the, the other person to know that you yeah. had a crush on them. I, I don't right? count any relationships I had before high school as being a relationship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Like, that, that awkward time of, like, like you got to have it secret, right? You mm-hmm. got to have a secret. Like, being in a serious relationship, like, being married, like... There's a reason why I wear a ring on my finger. It's because, like, I want to, one, communicate it to the world, but also, like, let the world know that I'm off limits, you know? But, I mean, like, that's the same thing with God, is that we need to communicate that, one, to God, but also to the world that we are, in a sense, off limits. Mm. We're on, we're in a sense, off limits to sin. We're, in a sense, off limits to letting judgment affect us. Like, this this is a this is one of the aspects of liberation, yeah. right? Is, is we don't care if other people are judging us. Right. And uh, I mean, judgment goes both ways, positive and negative. Yes. Judgment. Because sometimes people do things for the sake of being seen. Yep. It can go both ways, both yep. in uh, extraordinarily charismatic or extraordinarily. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Pious? No. Because, Pi- I mean, that would that would sound like charismatic and piety are at opposite at opposites. I know. And that's not right. Uh, piety is just the virtue of loving God. Contemplative, maybe? Contemplative would be a good one. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it could both be expressed. Uh, like, if you do things for the wrong reason, it's not really the right thing to right. do. Uh, and I think we covered this before when we talked a little bit about reverence. But, I mean, like, shouting glory should not be to draw attention to yourself. Ultimately, drawing attention to God, but also letting that gl- that word come from your heart right outward man i think cultivating a sense of awe in light of the glory of god is an important thing Mm -hmm. because uh we focus a lot on uh petition like as as a form of prayer right also thanksgiving as a form of prayer which is great people I, i i need to give thanks more often uh along with like having petitions to pray for but recognizing the greatness of God is something that I know in my prayer life is lacking. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was the same for a, a lot of other people. And yeah, I, I honestly, yeah. and I've been slowly making the transition from like prayer of petition um, to prayer of glory and praise. Um, and honestly, I found that just resting in glory and praise and just like, of course, making my needs known to God. But yeah. at the same time, like that's not where my heart goes to. Where my heart goes to is like, but I just know you're good. Like, yeah, I know you're going to take care of all the little situations. Yeah, I know you're going to take care of the cancer. Yeah, I know you're going to take care of our souls. Yeah, I know at the end of the, like, regardless of whether or not this person is healed in front of me, regardless of whether or not I look like the magician or whether you are given glory or like what other people might think of me, like, I give you glory because mm-hmm. of this moment, because I, I have this opportunity to be here with this person, you know, um, like, that's just like a little thing um the 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 thing that i've realized is that giving glory to god makes him a little bit more excited to work uh not that he doesn't want to work for us anyway but i mean like he he loves us very dearly he we are his little children yeah um oh i I think i know what you're talking about like um maybe and correct me if i'm going wrong but there's this guy uh who's who has a pretty big ministry uh his name is eluding me but 
he has this ministry whenever he goes up to someone and asks them if they need any healing or something like that he draws the attention of everyone and says God's going to do something crazy so listen up and he says that a lot of times whenever he actually draws attention to God more then there's more uh there's there are more instances of people experiencing a full healing yep. or, or or greater um a greater yeah. level of healing i mean i wasn't pre- expressing any one person's ministry i was just seeing like in my own ministry and other people's ministry, like, like just in general, like even, even in like, uh, just my own personal prayer of like, I'm not even asking for a miracle. I'm just like with my own issues, you know, if I'm giving glory to the Lord, I'm finding that like peace just flows. And then like when the peace flows, I, I have, a, I have his perspective on my issues, you know? So like, yeah, miracles for sure. Like that I was making a specific reference to miracles, but mm-hmm. also just like in dealing with my own issues, I've noticed that the Lord loves to highlight glory. Yeah. Like glory, just giving glory to the Lord changes one, our perspective changes how we approach everything. But I mean, honestly, like it is the Holy spirit who is welling up within us. That is giving glory when it's like a, a genuine thing, right? In Romans 12, I want to say like uh, St. Paul says it is the spirit who wells up within us to cry out Abba father. You know, it is, it is a spirit who wells up within us. And from that, the depths of our hearts, a genuine shout of praise. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's what, I mean, sometimes we do need to just like enter into that in order for the spirit to well up within us. But at the end of the day, it is the spirit who wells up within us and like our hearts liberation that will do that. You know? Absolutely. Um, Yeah. I, I, I can't think of much else to say. Um, well, we've we covered a lot. I feel like we might yeah. have been a little jumbled today, but that's okay. <laughs> a little bit. Of, yeah, it's all right. That, that's mostly my fault. Um, I think you're pretty concise. I was all over the place. <laughs> uh, that's my brain for you, though. <laughs> I think I would like to leave off with just keeping in mind that God sits above all of the chaos and destruction. It says He's enthroned above the flood. The Lord reigns as king forever. So giving glory to God, who is above all of the chaos in our lives, can only lead us to peace. Mm-hmm. And that's what it says in the very last verse. May the Lord give might to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. So your challenge for this week is to find three ways in your life that you can glorify God. Um, in your maybe your work life, you can glorify God by giving thanks if the day is going well, and also if the day is going poorly, give more glory to God. If we've learned anything from Job, it's that giving glory to God and blessing the name of the Lord uh, at all times, regardless of whether you're experiencing joys or sorrows, that is the route to peace and the route to joy. So, peace be with all of you, and I pray that you have a great week. God bless.